welcome to Radio B&R, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Radio B&R, keeping Tennessee Baptists informed about the issues impacting their lives and churches. Hello, this is Lonnie Wilkie, editor of the Baptist and Reflector, and welcome to this edition of Radio B&R. With me today is uh, Philip Hardy of Bellevue Baptist Church in Cordova. Philip is uh, a longtime member of the church and leads the uh, and works in disaster relief at Bellevue. And Philip is going to be coordinating uh, uh, rebuilding efforts in the, on the island of Dominica, which was uh, pretty much destroyed by Hurricane Maria earlier the uh, early last fall. So, Philip, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you became involved in disaster relief and what what you do with Bellevue Baptist? Well, for disaster relief, uh, we were members of Bellevue when Hurricane Katrina and Rita came through, and Bellevue took an active part in trying to help with the recovery down there. So I joined the chainsaw team, got the training, uh, went down several trips to uh, Slidell, Louisiana on the chainsaw team. Actually, I think I went uh, five times to Slidell. And then uh, after, actually I was down there on a trip when Rita came through and we were evacuated. Came back home and then we turned right around a couple weeks later, went back to uh, Sulphur, Louisiana and helped out down there after Hurricane Rita. So that's how I got introduced to disaster relief. After that, I've done a lot of stuff around Memphis, you know, as we help the local community. And then uh, this past fall, went to Texas a couple of trips down for flood recovery after Harvey blew through down there. And then we heard about what happened with uh, Puerto Rico and Dominica with Maria, also a little bit around Florida. And uh, me and some other guys committed that we would go to Puerto Rico if the need arose for us to inform a team and go. And during that time frame, uh, Wes Jones and some others decided we need to go take a look at Dominica. They had heard about Dominica and the need there, and that there wasn't a lot of help being administered there. And I was in the church office when Wes called to see if somebody from West Tennessee could go with him from Middle Tennessee and Don Owen from East Tennessee. And Kent Mathis, our international missions pastor and disaster relief pastor, he just I was there. He said, would you be willing to go? And I said, Sure. So that's how I got involved in Dominica. Tell us what you saw when you went to Dominica and the devastation you saw. It was eye-opening and jaw-dropping. Uh, it looked like I mean, Dominica is a mountainous island. It's, it's very much like being in the Gatlinburg area, the switchback roads, small roads going through up and down. Uh, but it, when we first got there and could get a look at the island, it looked like it had been on fire. I mean, cause, you know, I've been to the Caribbean before and everything is lush and green and beautiful, but everything there was stark gray. All, all the trees was just the trunks and a few limbs. Every, they said, and I can believe it, that every leaf on every tree was blown off when Maria came through. Talking to some of the locals, they said Maria was supposed to miss them by a few miles, be a category two, and you know, you know just a lot of rain. About three days before the hurricane actually hit, they were told it's going to be closer and it's increased to category three. And then the night before Maria came through, that's when they got the word it's coming right over Dominica as a category five. And it did. And the devastation is just unbelievable. Uh, streams that flew, that 
uh, flowed through the villages and the cities became massive rivers. Uh, they showed us one place where there's a bridge, it's about 50 feet wide, but they said the river where it came through there was 200 feet wide and about 30 feet deep. Boulders the size of small automobiles were washed down the mountains and came through and took cars and homes and everything with them all the way to the ocean. We drove by a car dealership which was previously like on the left side of the road. Now all their cars are on the right side of the road just piled up against a huge warehouse and trees and mud and rocks all piled up around them. We saw homes that were, the roofs were completely gone. Uh, if the homes were made out of wood, wood, wood structures, you know, the, they were flat. If they were block homes or brick homes, some of the walls were up, but most of them were, had severe damage to windows at least. Uh, the authorities there told us while we were there that 90 something percent of the roofs on the whole island, if they were not destroyed, were severely damaged. We had a meeting one day with a meeting with a member of parliament that wanted to know, you know, why we were there and want to know what you know we were going to try to do. We were in his home and we were sitting under a tarp. I mean, you know, no one was excluded. You know, the rich, there are some, you know, uh, more well-off people on Dominica. Their homes sustain the same damage as the poor people. Uh, a lot of the people on the island that had the opportunity to take family members, especially children, off the island have sent them away. They told us that initially Initially, the population of the island was like 76,000. Now it's below 74 because many of the children are, are living with extended family on other islands or even in the U.S. because school is out. Uh, the schools were all damaged. Uh, we did see on my second trip there where a, an elementary school has tents that are set up and the smallest children like preschool, kindergarten, first graders, that are too small to fend for themselves during the day while the parents are out trying to forage for food, they have a place for them to be. But from the third grade up, they're out of school and they're helping their parents, you know, as best they can to try to find something to eat or something to do or, or make uh, repairs that they can on their homes. Okay. You mentioned you've been in Texas and other places here in the United States, you know, following hurricane effort, uh, hurricanes and Describe the difference between the help that people here in the United States can expect from their government, from churches, compared to Dominica. There's not much help offered in Dominica, I imagine. Is that correct? That is correct. Here in the U.S., you you know, you hear a lot of, of bad about FEMA, you know, and that and maybe a lot of it is warranted. I, I won't make a judge of that. But FEMA is there. FEMA brings stuff in. But there's a lot of organiz other organizations that are ready, willing, and able to come and help in all parts of the, of the U.S. And the, you, know, you know that if something happens to you disaster-wise, within a week or two, people are going to be there helping you. But on Dominica, uh, an independent island nation, they have no infrastructure like that. There are no big organizations on Dominica that can work with them like that. Uh, I've been told that they were looking to Europe to help them out, and it didn't happen. Europe has not come to their aid and rescue. There's been a, a little bit of efforts by some U.S. organizations uh, to give a little bit of, of aid, but most of the aid from the U.S. organizations is going to Puerto Rico because of you know, its relationship with the U.S. Okay. So uh, 
Tennessee Baptists are needed there. Tennessee Baptists are desperately needed there, and they are welcome there with open arms. Tell us about how what Tennessee Baptists can expect as far as who they will be working with in the uh, La Plain area, and uh, just whatever you can tell us at this point. Okay. Well, uh, we we found out about Dominica through a missionary. His name is Mike Coop. Him and his wife Glenda had been on Dominica for about six years, ministering. Uh, working in the La Plaine area. And La Plaine is on the east coast. If you look at a map, you can find La Plaine. Uh, it's easy to find the capital, Roseau, over on the Caribbean side. And just look straight across the island, you'll see La Plaine. And the La Plaine community uh, is where we're going to focus our efforts because the, the small efforts that are being uh, done on Dominica are mostly over the Roseau area, the capital. Uh, in La Plaine, there's a small Baptist church there, the La Plaine Baptist Church. And the story behind it is a good story, but we'll save that for another time. But the pastor there, Asha Laron, and his wife, they lost their home completely. They, they lived uh, just across the street from the church. And when I was there, he pointed out his home to us. And uh, it was uh, just flat uh, on the ground there. And the church itself lost its roof entirely. And what the members did is they got together and they picked up tin from around the village that had blown off of several different houses. And they put metal roof over the back part of the church, which was their previous, their kitchen and administrative office and one Sunday school class. Uh, they got a tarp, tarped over the front part of the church, the worship center. So Asha and his wife have moved into those three rooms in the back of the church, the kitchen, an office, and what was a Sunday school class is now their kitchen, their living room, and their bedroom for him, his wife, and the little girl. But, you know, you, you, you hear that and you think, oh, how terrible. And it is terrible. But you meet them and they're like, hey, we are glad we are alive. And the main focus they have is not on themselves getting their home rebuilt, not on getting their church fixed. You know, they'd love to have that happen. But they look around their community and they see people that in their opinion need help more than them they said we have got a dry place to be but there's uh, families here that they're they have a tarp pulled over their roof but it's leaking and so you know they're uh, for months they have lived under a tarp um, and so that you know that that's part of the heart of Asha and his congregation is to help everyone else first and them second uh, working with Mike Coop is, is going to be a blessing for us because he's been on the island you know for six years and he's recently moved away from the island before the storm to continue his ministry on another island in the Caribbean but he's going to be there with us for this next year giving us direction he has construction background which is going to be good helping the teams just you know to be uh, very pointed in where they're going to work and what they're going to do um, that side of the island they do have uh, running water which a lot of the island does not. The water comes from way up high in the mountains. They have a, a pipe that they tell me it's about two miles long, goes way up to a mountain spring, and it's plugged into the spring, and that brings ice cold water down to the village. Uh, but as far as electricity, electricity is out over almost all of the island. The capital of Rozo, they said, when I was there early December, they had about 20% of electricity restored to the capital. But the rest of the island, it will be a minimum of two years, maybe as much as 10 years wow. before they have commercial electricity. So 
Uh, you'll hear a generator running during the night in La Plaine, a couple of them. One of them is running at the church. And a great thing about that is that uh, about, well, let me back up a step, about 200 yards from the church, it's a, a cell phone tower, and it's still standing. Uh, for some reason, the Lord chose not to let the storm knock it down. It's still functioning. Uh, so the people on the east side of the island that have a cell phone, they have cell phone service so they can communicate with each other or communicate with loved ones off the island. But uh, there's no way for the people to charge their phones. But La Plain Baptist Church has a generator, and at night, every evening when it gets dark, they crank it up, and they have some lights there. And you, I've been there in the evening, and the people from the community come and gather there, and they plug in their cell phones and charge them up. And while that's charging, they sit there and they, they uh, uh, communicate, gather with one another, fellowship, play games. The children come and play games. The adults play dominoes. If you're a good domino player, uh, they'll teach you a few tricks there about dominoes. Uh, but it's a great opportunity to interact with the locals. So you can share your faith with them and they can share with you how God has blessed them and protected them through the storm. And uh, it's just a great time to be there in the evenings. Okay, <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about what uh, Tennessee Baptists can expect as far as once they get there, living conditions, what they can expect as far as what kind of work they will be doing. And Yes. Uh, well, arriving on Dominica, you, you'll have to fly in uh, because it is an island nation. Uh, you'll have to have a passport because it is uh, an independent nation. The ride from the airport to La Plaine, while it's just a few miles, I think they said it's roughly 16 to 18 miles, it takes an hour and a half because the roads are twisty back and forth, a lot of switchbacks up and down through the valleys and there's a lot of uh, damage to the road, so the traveling is slow. But once you get to La Plaine, uh, there's a home that Tennessee Baptists have secured, and it's being repaired. Uh, it needs most of the windows replaced, but that was being done uh, the first week of January. Uh, a lot of roof damage, but the metal has been procured for that, and a construction team is putting the roof on. And Tennessee Baptists are going to stay in this home. It's a four-bedroom home. Uh, with a big foyer up front, so we're going to have you know two or three people in the bedrooms, and the rest of the guys will will camp out up at the front. So it'll be a good place to stay. You'll be uh, uh, dry. I'll say warm because it's never cold there. Uh, you won't be cool because there's no AC. Uh, but you'll be able to you know lay down at night and sleep. Uh, Tennessee Baptist sent over on containers some bedding, so you'll be sleeping on a mattress. You won't be sleeping on a on a uh, sleeping bag or on the floor or, or a cot. Uh, then there's the local people. Our food is, is, is I won't say readily available, but it's uh, adequately available. Uh, we went to a couple of stores while we were there, the advanced team, to make sure that we'd be able to get uh, frozen meat and some fresh vegetables. Uh, you know, rice and beans are readily available. So we'll, and there, anyway, so the local people are gonna cook for us and they cook for the two uh, advanced teams that went down and and we all enjoyed the meal, and so I'm sure our Tennessee Baptists that go down to work will also. But you know, you'll be fed right there uh, near the housing and the work site, and uh, we'll work with some of the people that are going to be working with us. And the work's not going to be that difficult, but it's not going to be overly easy. We're going to be repairing roofs, metal roofs, tin as we call it here in Tennessee. 
Uh, some of the roof structure itself is damaged, so we'll be having to replace rafters or build trusses. Uh, there's some, a lot of windows that have been blown out from the pressure of the storm that have to be replaced. Uh, there are, like I said earlier, the wooden structures, most of them are completely destroyed. So, and the government in Dominica, when we met with them, they do not want wood structures built back. They want block buildings built back. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a segue. I can get on the block machine here in a minute when we're continuing. But uh, at some point, we'll be building homes, new homes, with concrete blocks uh, for the people whose homes were completely destroyed. And also, one of our two of our big projects that we have in mind outside of the homes, one is the church. We want to reconstruct the church in such a manner that it can be the hurricane shelter for the future. Uh, we want to, instead of having a wood ceiling for the first floor, we want to go in and form up and pour a concrete floor or ceiling, be a concrete ceiling for the first floor, uh, a concrete floor for a future second floor to put on the church. But where the hurricanes uh, aren't that unusual in the Southern Caribbean. So there'll be another one sometime. But we want to have a place where they can not only just look to the church for help after the storm, but a place they can go to to weather the storm uh, there at the La Plaine Baptist Church. And then nearby, there is a recreation area for the community, a basketball court and a building that, that was pretty much destroyed by that storm. And we want to try to rebuild that so we have a gathering place for the kids, a safe place for them to get together to play, play basketball or play games, whatever, at their local community center. I assume that will t take place later on yes. during the year. Initially, the teams will be helping to re-roof the homes. Yes, initially we'll be doing whatever repairs that we can do on the homes. Okay. That's exactly right. Now, team members or volunteers who go... They don't have to bring any tools or any, basically any supplies other than clothes and personal hygiene items. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. Your work boots, your gloves, and some work clothes. Uh, all the tools that should be necessary for the work was purchased and shipped over on a container that arrived the 28th day of December. And all those tools and building materials should be on site you know, when the teams arrive, you know, ready to be used. I know we're looking at 10-member mem teams, correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. Will all 10 people be on one house, or will they divide them up to maybe to have work on two houses at once? It, it depends on what the work is going to be required for the individual house. We've talked about that, and we, we'd like to keep the teams together, but we may divide it you know, into teams of two because we're going to have locals working with us. That's something that we discussed from the beginning that we wanted to do, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, so we may divide the teams up in you know groups of two, two teams to work on two different houses. But if it's a, a in, especially if it's a smaller job, you know, just a little bit of work needs to be done on the house, and we'll break off you know four or five from the team, pair them up with some of the local people to work on this house, and the rest will look, go to work on another house, or another location. Okay, uh, I understand the first team will probably go in at the end of January, and then you hope to have a team there every week. Yes. For the next, tell us how long you, you anticipate it continuing. Well, uh, Dominica uh, would like for us to come every week for 2018. As soon as we can start coming, come every week. And so we're scheduling teams beginning the end of January, like you just said, through the week before Christmas, with the exception of we're going to skip each side of the Easter Sunday, and we're not going to go the week of Thanksgiving. But we want to go every other week. For the whole year with a team of 10 people 
So beginning, like we were talking about with the homes, then transitioning to the church and the recreation center. And then during the time when we're doing the homes and recreation center, we want to uh, scatter in there some uh, teams that would do vacation Bible school, maybe a women's conference, uh, some evangelism teams, um, some teams that will go down and help uh, with job skills. And we have a lot of ideas that we want to work to not just repair the storm damage, but to build up the community of La Plaine. Okay. And team members, while they're there, they'll be able to uh, share with the folks there and maybe even uh, witness and oh, give yes. their testimonies. The best thing about going to Dominica is it's an English-speaking nation. So you want, you'll want you hear some of the locals uh, interacting with each other in a French Creole dialect, but they'll con converse with you in perfect English. They read and write English. That's the, the national language. Uh, and it's kind of neat. You know, you're talking to them, and, and they're, you'll hear, you know, you're maybe talking to a couple of the locals, and you're all talking in English, but every now and then they'll turn to each other and they'll say a word or two. And you're like, what did you say? And, and it's just so natural for them to, you know, to break into that Creole. Uh, but yeah, you'll have ample opportunity to share your faith. And what we're really wanting to do is these homes that were damaged that are not church, that are non-believers, when we go in there and fix their home, and, they, you know, and, and we don't charge them anything, we don't ask them for anything, then we'll, and they're going to want to know why you did that. And you can share with them, you did it because Christ loves you and is loving them through you. And that'll give you a great opportunity to share your testimony and then share the good news of Jesus. Okay. Um, I know you, you already have a lot of dates lined up with churches and association teams, but I know you have a lot of dates are still open. If a church or an association wants to put together a 10-member team or if they can't get 10, I assume they can still do it. Yes. What, do, what do they need to do? Do they call you or West Jones, the uh, Tennessee Baptist Mission Board? Walk us through that process of how teams can uh, get on the list to go. So if your church or association is interested in going to Dominica, call me, Philip Hardy, at Bellevue Baptist Church. Uh, and you call. You can call my cell phone. I have it on me all the time, and I'm not afraid to answer it. 901-652-4553, or you can call directly to the missions office at Bellevue, 901-347-5537, and someone will answer your call, tell you the weeks that are available, and you can, we'll pencil in your church association, hold the week that you want to go. Uh, we are, like I said, limiting the teams to 10 because of housing and transportation around the island. But if your church or association can only get five or six together, then we'll try to fill that team from some other church, either in your association or outside your association. So, you know, we're going to work with everybody as best we can to get, as, get 10 people down there every week. And I think we need to stress that unlike a lot of volunteer trips, you do need a passport to go to Dominica, correct? That is and exactly right. It usually takes, what, six to eight weeks That's at right. least? Yep, six so. to eight weeks to get your passport. Uh, there's no visa requirement, so once you have that passport, you can go. And when you arrive in Dominica, you have a little form to fill out, and they'll welcome you gladly into Dominica to help them out. Getting to Dominica is not the easiest thing. I you know, tell you up front so everybody will know, you're going to have to fly somewhere other than Dominica from the U.S. Uh, most of the teams will probably fly to Puerto Rico, uh, spend the night, 
and we have worked out an agreement with the North American Mission Board to stay at the old Baptist Seminary in just outside of San Juan for Friday nights. So teams can leave the U.S. on Friday, make their way to Puerto Rico on Friday, spend Friday night there in, at the old seminary, and then Saturday fly on to Dominica. And probably, and well, no problem. You'll see the team that's leaving on Saturday. Y'all, you know, hide by right there as you swap out there in uh, Dominica at the airport. And the vans that brought that team out from La Plaine will take you to La Plaine to work. Okay. And I understand the costs will vary depending on where teams leave from. But yes. Uh, I understand the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board is providing some scholarships. Can, can you talk about that? Yes, I can. Uh, and very graciously, Tennessee Baptists, because they want Tennessee Baptists going and helping Dominica, have offered to grant every Tennessee Baptist going to Dominica through August, you know, maybe longer, but uh, no promise on that, but a promise for every Tennessee Baptist that goes through August will get $300 grant from the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board to help, help offset the price of their, their travels to Dominica. So that, that's That's, that's tremendous. Great. I've never heard of anything like that before. Yeah. So that is super. So just to conclude, why should Tennessee Baptists consider going to Dominica? There's a great need there for humanitarian aid to help people that are in need. And at the same time, there's an open door of opportunity to share the good news of Jesus that has not been open like it is now in many years. Okay. Philip, I thank you for taking time to do this podcast. I thank you for your efforts in leading this uh, effort there in Dominica. And just again, thank you for your service. Sure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it. And uh, Tennessee Baptist, we encourage you to Go and just remember that your gifts through the Corte program, uh, disaster relief, and the uh, golden offering for Tennessee missions help make efforts like this uh, possible. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Radio BNR, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.